welcome to Clear Out. I'm your host, Nihal Qatar. As always, I'm joined by my brother, Sahil. Sahil, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. It was a fun All-Star weekend. It was a fun All-Star weekend. Tibianis took the victory in a pretty decisive way last night. Jason Tatum breaking the record for all points in an All-Star game with 55, I think. Um, I don't have that in front of me, but he was phenomenal last night. Giannis picks up his first win as a team captain. LeBron picks up his first loss. Uh, Giannis only played one possession, and LeBron did not play in the second half. Um, probably, honestly, one of the worst All-Star games in a while. Uh, <laughs> definitely the worst since the Elon ending was put into place, just not a lot so, of intensity. Yeah. Jalen Brown, I think, said no one really wants to see a layup competition. It's lame. That's what it was, and I kind of agree. Kind Wait, of, that's what Jalen Brown said? Yeah. Well, I mean, and at least he's being consistent on that because I feel like some of the most important and exciting parts of that competition were when Tatum and Brown were, like, actually going at each other. No, exactly. Like, like just letting just letting Joel Embiid just get a free dunk is just not entertaining. Like, the cool dunks are fun to see. Some The passes are cool to see. I don't mind seeing deep threes. I think those are pretty fun. Yeah, those but. are fun, too. But uh, you would, like... You know, I think back when I was younger, they at least pretended like they were playing defense. And at the final second, they'd be like, okay, you can get, you can score, right? Like, it wasn't like you literally can just walk to the hoop. Oh, yeah. And I remember, like, I remember I've, even, like, six or seven years ago, like, LeBron would take, like, a, a near half-court shot. Or Steph would take a near half-court shot at the end of the game. But it wouldn't be done in, like, the first half. Just, like... Yeah. So it is different that way. But fun fact, Giannis now has posted an 100% field goal percentage in two different All-Star games. Hmm. Interesting. Once I think he believe believe went seventeen for seventeen, and then this time he went one for one. Wow, pretty impressive stuff from him. <laughs> uh, reports last night that he is heading to New York to get some more tests on his wrist. Pretty ominous, uh, considering he played. But I mean, we'll see. I, 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 we hopefully he is okay. Overall, though, a pretty interesting All Star weekend. Uh, people thought the dunk contest would be by far the worst thing, but. Mac McClung showed out one of the, the best dunk routines I, I've ever seen. Uh, he was pretty phenomenal. He takes home the dunk contest win. Uh, who won the three-point contest? Damian Lillard. Okay, And right, he, had, right. he had to hit, I believe, his last two or three threes. So, right. like, he, he was clutch at the end. To, that to is one that I one. did not watch. Damian Lillard did win the three-point contest. I heard the skill challenge wasn't great. I didn't watch that. <laughs> Probably the most fun I've had watching the celebrity game. Usually I'm excited to watch it, and then it just stinks. But... It was actually. Now you have some bias time. because Giannis was coaching one of the teams. Sure, I mean, yeah, but you know, they one of the teams almost hit a half court four pointer to win the game. That's crazy, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it did not count for them. But um, no, Simu Lu was a pretty good. Um, the was it Alex Toussaint? Is see that the name of the Peloton guy? I he's think so. he's a pretty great basketball player. DK and yeah. Calvin Johnson were cool to see. Janelle yeah. Monet was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> yeah, trying to play defense on a free throw. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it was fun. And I, the rising stars challenge is, I think very quietly the best part of all-star weekend right now. Um, besides the draft, the draft is a lot of fun. I think the draft's fun, yeah. But I do think the draft does take away from the game because, especially if you're doing it right beforehand, because I do think, um, in the past you might have gotten some continuity with teams, with players playing on the same team, you know, there's the same club team, the same NBA team. And playing in the all-star game um you know you build you have that sort of camaraderie between east and west i'm not saying we should go back to east and west i'm just saying yeah you can hype up the game to each other a little bit before you exactly before you get into exactly it, yeah. now it's like what are you even playing for like if you're getting drafted right beforehand you know yeah i mean luca was so disinterested and he's probably one of the he, he's one of the players you probably want to see the most you know um but it was it was a fun uh, it was a fun weekend uh, a good respite from NBA basketball today you know we are here to talk about the trade deadline however we did release an episode a day or on the I guess the day after the trade deadline talking about the Kyrie trade to the Mavericks and the LeBron well okay we did talk about LeBron breaking the scoring record but the, the <laughs> Kevin Durant trade uh, to the Phoenix Suns so. We're not going to be talking about the Suns, Nets, or Mavericks today. We will be talking about the Mavericks later this week. Uh, you, it might have already come out by the time you're listening to this, but uh, we will have Bobby Corrala, uh from the Mavericks organization on to talk about the uh, some of the tactical stuff the Dallas Mavericks are doing and what their team will look like going forward during the final stretch of the season. But today we're going to be talking about the rest of the trade deadline, just some you know the moves we found interesting or 
the lack of moves we found interesting. Um, so we just we have a couple of things we want to talk about. Why don't you kick us off with uh, your first topic of discussion? Okay, I'm going to talk about the Chicago Bulls, who did nothing at the trade deadline. And I thought this is interesting. I mean, they're 24th in offense right now, 6th in the defense. That's what's crazy to me. Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but just to set up what the Bull, entire Bulls situation. They have Zach Levine, they have DeMar DeRozan, and they have Nikola Vucevic, right? Mm-hmm. Those are three purely offensive guys, yet they have a sixth defense and they stink. I don't I don't get it. I Frankly, I haven't watched them that much this season. But I just don't understand it, how that's possible. It doesn't look right. It just doesn't look right. There's been some injury issues, so there's been some stuff with continuity. Vucevic, like, just... So he was having a career year when he got traded there, and it looked like, oh my god, like this guy's actually like a really off- like consistent offensive weapon, but there's some games where he just loses confidence in his shot. You can sag off of him. The spacing is terrible a lot of times because they don't have a lot of complimentary shooting outside of their stars, and including... Some of their stars, like, you know, Zach Levine will sometimes take ill-advised threes. DeRozan doesn't like taking threes. And then Vucevic, like, I, like, I feel like his reputation as a three-point shooter is more than what he's actually shot consistently from year to year. Um, but you look back at that trade. The Orlando Magic traded all-star center Nikola Vucevic and Alfred Aminu to the Chicago Bulls in exchange for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and two first-round picks. So, well, just, just one of the worst trades of the last few years— um, obviously, one of those first-round picks turned into Franz Wagner, who's looking to be a future all-star in this league. Um, the Magic did well selling high because Vucevic was having you know career averages across the board when that trade happened. But just a disastrous trade you can look back on. I mean, the trade at the time did not make sense to me when it happened. I don't think um, it made sense either. Yeah, and you know the the team really overachieved last year during the regular season, and I think people probably in the organization felt vindicated, but that was despite Nikola Vucevic, not because of Nikola Vucevic. The rest of the team, um, you know, Lonzo, Alex Caruso, Levine, and DeRozan were playing at an incredibly high level last year. Uh, Vucevic, I mean, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't like he was this year, but it wasn't, they didn't have that success because of him. No, I agree with that. And I think if you, if you told me if they got like Vucevic, I think they got Vucevic and then it was like it was a really weird trade as we as we both mentioned and then when they got Lonzo and DeRozan in the following summer then that made a little bit more sense i mean at least now you have like sort of a competitive team i mean okay not like like fit wise in terms of winning a championship no it doesn't make sense but i thought maybe they would have a, a ceiling of winning a first round playoff series but, but now at this point it's not with the players they acquired i still think they would have been better off with Wendell Carter Jr. Just... oh absolutely and obviously, I think Wendell Carter Jr. is a better player than, than Nikola Vucevic. Yeah. yeah, and if you add, even if they somehow kept Otto Porter, and um, you know, I, I frankly, I, I don't know if I really trust the Bulls to have picked Franz Wagner, so I don't think we can say, oh, you know, they they would have had Franz Wagner. Um, but if you add that him, if you had Franz and Otto Porter and Wendell Carter to this Bulls team, I mean, they're a far better team. Obviously, absolutely, of course, yeah. and. Like, it's going to be interesting this summer. I thought this was a great chance for them to sell Caruso or Levine for picks. Next year, Vucevic is an unrestricted free agent. They're not going to have cap space to just sign other people, so they might, they might think they want to keep him just to use They're his bird rights. Him. Zach Levine's going to make $40 million. We'll see if they use bird rights on Ayo Desunmu, too. He's an unrestricted free agent. So, Kobe White, too. He's uh, a free agent, right? Uh, yeah. I, I, they either have a team option on him or he's a free agent. Um, I think... They just don't have enough shooting. So they take the least threes in the league and they take the most long twos in the league. And I feel like if they were going to do nothing, they at least could have gotten in some multi-team trade to get some more shooting, just like giving up one second round pick or something. This team is just, I don't know what they're doing right now. They're out of the plan, two games out of the plan. And I, I don't know. I don't like understand what the plan was here. So do they, do they own, they don't own their pick this year then, right? Or do they? Um, I would have to double check that. Because Franz, I, this is Franz's second year, correct? I I think I think one of the trades had like very uh, light protections on it, so um, I think well, if Franz it, was like six overall, right? Or was uh, he not? Franz was six overall, yeah, yeah. six or seven. But if it's a really good pick, I don't think the Bulls will lose it because I think it's protected like top one through six or something like that. Okay, so I mean, so so yeah, I think Franz fell right outside that zone, right? Or or that one was unprotected, but uh. Okay, well, well, you looked that yeah, up. Yeah, 2023 first round pick to Orlando for selections one through four. Okay. So if it's out, so, so if Chicago gets the fifth pick in the lottery, too bad that's going to Orlando. Right, right. So I think, yeah, I think this would have been a great time for them to sell 
and just tank and try to get Victor. Because Victor in Chicago, I think, would have been pretty phenomenal, honestly, uh, for the league. They uh, And obviously for them. It's just so weird to me. There's so many teams that you felt like could have sold and just tried to tank, like Washington. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to talk about Washington no, or Toronto. Yeah, they're a lost cause. <laughs> Washington's a lost cause, sure. <laughs> Toronto, even. I, I, do you have Toronto? I do have exactly? Toronto. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll hold off on Toronto. But I mean, Washington, like in Chicago. Chicago obviously has a much better team than Washington. A much more competitive team with better players. But they both have very tradable pieces that they could have gotten picks for and just didn't do anything. Is it, it, it would be one thing if they were like, okay, we're going to try to use this team and make a playoff push, but they didn't even add anybody either. Like you said, they didn't add shit. It's, it's ridiculous. They've lost six in a row right now. I mean, obviously there's been injuries and stuff in that stretch. I mean, Lonzo hasn't played this entire yeah, season. Yeah, and that was part of the plan. But you, I mean, like, and I know Zach Lowe said this on a podcast recently, you can't tell me that's going to be the difference, a 20-win difference no, or something crazy like that, or a 10-win no. difference even. Like, this team is is two games out of the plan and just chose to do nothing. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> we, we, we very well, it's, it's very possible that Scoot Henderson or something could go, be going to the Orlando or... or Magic, yeah. There's no way Scoot's falling outside the top four. Oh, you're right, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one saving grace here. If they have a top four pick... Sure, yeah. And that's why you wouldn't want to... Tr- yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so, I mean, I think yeah, they can hope on that, but if it's one of those five or six players, uh, then, you know, that's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough look for the Bulls who chose who chose not to do anything and, and didn't get any even other compensation at this deadline or even get into the play-in mix, potentially. Right. All right. Um, anything else on Chicago? Um, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. Um, it's impressive what they've done on defense this year. I guess I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, um, yeah. Patrick Williams, I think, is playing even better defense he's good. this season. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good player. I think he could be a really good piece on a really good team at some point. Yeah, he's good. It, it is a weird team because it, it now it does feel like they're underachieving a bit this season um, with the players they have. But, I mean, I guess the East was a lot stronger until... A couple weeks ago, so maybe they'll tear down in the summer. Maybe maybe they'll look for doing a full tear down in the summer with Zach Levine. But you know, when a team is desperate, like if if there is a Western Conference team that sees Kevin Durant going to the Suns and they're like, we need to we need to do something, right? Like, let's go get Zach Levine. I'm sure they could have gotten. Yeah, like I wonder value. if they could have gotten two on those two unprotected Lakers picks for Zach Levine. They probably could have. If they, yeah, I would have done. I mean, I think that's just. I think that's a pretty good move for the Bulls unless they think they can get much more than that for Zach Levine, who I'm not sure is going to be rated around the league as a super positive asset, making $40 million next year, as I said. Right, right. So it'll be interesting, but but, but what do you got? What do you got? Who's who's interesting to you besides the Bulls at this trade deadline? Uh, well, why don't we talk about the Lakers? Because I think you just mentioned them. I really like the moves uh, they made. They made a few trades here, so... Um, they were able to add Mo Bamba, um, and in that trade, they traded away Patrick Beverly um, to the Magic, who's going to get bought out, and Thomas Bryant to the Denver Nuggets. They also got rid of uh, Russell Westbrook, sending him to the Jazz. He was bought out, and today reported that he's going to be uh, signing with the LA Clippers. They also had to give up a first-round pick as well. But they were able to receive uh, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, which is just an incredibly solid haul for for one first-round pick and Russell Westbrook. Honestly, I think that's a great trade for them. Yeah. Um, and I think, uh, let's see, what, what else? They got Rui. We didn't really mention they got Rui Hachimura for uh, Kendrick Nunn and two second-round picks from the Wizards earlier in the trade deadline. So all in all, they added Mo Bamba, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and Rui Hachimura in the last few weeks. Um, and they gave up players that were either actively hurting them uh, during, in, the, in their rotation um, or players who wanted to leave, like Thomas Bryan wanted to leave because he was upset with his playing time or something. And they got Mo Bamba, who's a nice center with upside, um, in my opinion. And anyways, you're going to be relying a lot at AD at the five in exactly. high leverage playoff situations. Exactly. And Darvin Ham's been committed to that. But if Mo Bamba can turn into something, I mean, that's going to be look like a great trade. Sure. I doubt it this year. We'll see that, but sure. Sure, yeah. But they added shooting. Um, they added Jared Vanderbilt, who can play the four when AD's playing the five, um, and can be who can be a really active uh, defender. 
they added uh, Malik Beasley, who's a really nice shooter. Um, D'Angelo Russell, I think, fits a lot better uh, with them than Russell Westbrook because he can shoot. Um, he's not nearly as reckless, I guess, is the right word on offense. By the way, Russell Westbrook, I'm, I'm just looking at the stats right now, 13th percentile for a combo guard in points per shot attempt and 11th percentile in turnover percentage. Well, that's what I mean. He was actually... But people, people were saying he should be sixth man of the year. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, the box score stats are fine, and, and I'll give him credit for, like, sort of buying into coming off the bench, but... Um, well, we, we heard in the in the game where LeBron broke the record, he got into it with... Uh, uh, with Dar- with Darvin Ham in the in the locker room, and apparently that's why Anthony Davis was like sulking in in you know in the LeBron's record record breaking performance. Yeah, and it's funny you can see in the record breaking shot Thomas Bryant like screaming for the ball, and people are like, <laughs> is, that, "Is that why he's leaving?" It's a nice little footnote in NBA history. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, um, I just I really like their moves. I really like this new rotation. I feel like if we if, if, if Phoenix hadn't made their, you know, now it all seems kind of pointless because Phoenix traded for Kevin Durant and it's like, okay, it's going to be Phoenix or it's going to be Denver. But I think these are moves that the Lakers made that could definitely help them win a playoff series. I don't think that will happen. But I do think a team with, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, LeBron, Jared Venerable, AD, like that closing lineup is a really, really good lineup around LeBron and AD. Yep. So Malik Beasley's got a team option next year for $16.5 million. Um, you've got a couple like partially guaranteed contracts. I think Jared Vanderbilt, he has a $4.6 million partially guaranteed. I assume they just pay him the full money and he's going to come back next year. And then D'Angelo Russell, we assume they would figure out some kind of extension unless something weird happens over the summer where another superstar is like, I want to go play with LeBron and AD. Then they have the flexibility to like right. to not sign uh, opt into Malik Beasley and not and get rid of Jared Vanderbilt and not sign D'Angelo Russell. So I kind of like that idea. Mo Bamba partially guaranteed too mm-hmm. for next year. So I like the idea of them kind of keeping their options available, but also having a roster that if they were all to resign, I think is a playoff team next year. This year, I just I, I think it's I don't know. They're two games out. I think it's just they still have to figure out all these pieces together, and there's just not much time. And even if they get in the plan. Do you think they're you think they're just, you think they're shooing in the playoffs right now? No, they're not. They're not sh- of course they're not shooing. And their next. I was games, just reading your facial expression. The, uh, no, I know <laughs> the next three games are the Warriors, Mavericks, and Grizzlies. So some tough games for them coming up. Um, but I do think if you look at you know some of the team. I mean, I think right now they're better than the Trailblazers. I think they're better than the Jazz. I think they're better than the Thunder. That's great, but you have and, you have to, you have twenty games or twenty five games to like. You have 20... completely pass all those teams and well, no, you win two games to play. Okay, well, yeah, but you, you do have to, yeah, you have to make up a game and a half. You're going to be playing these teams, so um, it's definitely, it's definitely possible. And look, if if you, if you, I, I do think that if they played like the Timberwolves, I think they could beat them. Um, I think they're probably the eighth best team in the West right now after the trades they made. And I think they have a higher upside than, than that if they're up, if they're firing on all cylinders. That's a huge if. But to me, these are really promising moves from the front office where Absolutely. it's like, okay, these are the right moves, finally. No, no, I agree with that. I'm just, I think I'm still low just based on, you know, there not being like immediate superstar talent added to the team for them to just, I would still, I think, bet against them not making the playoffs this year. I would bet on them not making the playoffs. I mean, this year. sure. I mean, because they even they have to make the play-in first and then win the play playing games. So. Yeah, if you have to win two games, if you're a nine or ten, one if you're in seven or eight. So I mean, that that's a big part of it, probably. But it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, I like what you're talking about. Like they could not shoot the ball from outside the whole season. It's been well documented. LeBron said that we don't have any lasers around here. Malik Beasley is a laser. <laughs> He's right. a great not only catch and shoot guy, but he can shoot off the dribble. He can right. run pick and roll with AD or LeBron. He's only um, shooting 36% this year from three, which his career average is 30 High volume, though, right? Um, I believe so. Uh, or at least per 36. I think he's getting up a lot. He takes tough ones, so yeah. I think he can get even better looks in LA. But you have the LeBron effect, right? Where you just kept a stand in the corner and you're going to get some open threes. Exactly, yeah. Uh, with this team. Um, and then D'Angelo Russell, they have someone to run the offense when LeBron can't play or LeBron's off the floor. 
Um, you know, LeBron called the stretch the most important regular season games of his career coming up. It's hard um, to disagree with that. It is hard to disagree, yeah. Uh, Especially considering, like, we're seeing that LeBron's not the same player he was two or three years ago, maybe, but he's still a high-level top 10 guy, no question about it. And if they get high-level play from Anthony Davis and LeBron James, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure on each and every one of these games. So that, uh, I, Yeah. I just, I like the Lakers team now. I like this team. I, I agree with you. I hated it going into this season. Um, I think it was before last season where I went on a giant rant about the Lakers and how badly the team was constructed. Now I like them. Um, so I'm excited to see how they play going forward. Um, you know, for, for as much as, as much flack as the NBA has taken for how insignificant and maybe boring the regular season is, these last 20 games, 23, 25 games are going to be really exciting in the West. There's just... A huge logjam down there. It'll be. It'll definitely be fun to see who's going to uh, be making those final spots. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if there are any tactical decisions, like from a, a team like the Blazers or the or the Thunder or the Jazz, like if they're going to try to bottom out because you still have room to be have pretty decent lottery odds because of how many teams are are jammed down there. Um, so that'll be interesting to see, but I yeah no I agree with you. I, I'm interested to see how this team rotates over the summer if they do. If this is the squad just going like if they basically go into next season with a very similar roster than some minimum guys on the edges, um, but yeah I'm 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 happy that there's a, a kind of a functioning roster. I mean D'Angelo Russell, I'm not a huge fan of his game, but I think there's just the effect that like you're playing with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have to know your place a little bit. I don't think he's going to be asked to do much in crunch time besides just shoot. I think D'Angelo Russell has gone from probably the most overrated player in the league to one of the more underrated players in the league, in my opinion. I think he's just like a solid scoring point guard. Yeah, I think he's having, he's definitely having a career year this year. I think... He's been great this year. Yeah, he's been great this year. And I think, I don't know, I still don't love his decisions down the stretch sometimes. I still think that he can settle for tough shots or bad shots. but For me, though, he's not going to have to make those decisions. That's what I'm saying. That's what, oh, that's what I began okay, to say. Yeah. Okay, okay. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, like, yeah, if you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I think he's going to know his place a little bit, and yeah. he's not going to be asked to do things in, in crunch time or run many pick and rolls. I think he's just going to be... But in bench units, he can maybe cook against uh, against worst uh, units that they're going up against. So, overall, I like I like the roster, and I, I didn't, I didn't want to take away from that at all, but I'm still I still don't think the Lakers are going to... I think the Lakers are in a little bit of a deep hole, and they still got some stuff to figure out and some health questions to, to get through. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, something else that came out is apparently he very openly disliked Rudy Gobert and would, like, talk crap about him in front of him and, like, in the locker room, and it was uncomfortable for everyone involved in Minnesota. So uh, not a great look there, but, um, yeah, Minnesota might be a team we have to talk about at some point, um, and, like, how poorly that's gone. <laughs> Up there, yeah, I'm surprised that Minnesota couldn't get more than seconds and and Mike Conley out of. I mean, we'll see if they keep Mike Conley. I mean, he's aging; he's just not the same guy he was. I'm interested in the Wolves. I I get that you were kind of in a position where you might have really needed to move off D'Lo. I don't think he was the right guy alongside Ant um, in the perimeter for them, but I don't know. I'm confused about the Timberwolves. (laughs) All right, what's next? Um, okay, I have, let's, should, okay, well, you just want positive, so I can go negative again, I guess. I know it's not really negative, I, I think the Raptors, I'm just interested with what the Raptors did. So, the, the move, the big move they made was trading Cam Birch and a protected one through six pick for the next three years, if it doesn't convey in those years, and a couple seconds, uh, sorry, if it doesn't convey in those years, then it'll become second round picks. And, and and they traded a couple seconds along with that, which will go to the Spurs. So basically, the Spurs are getting this pick. They're not... The Raptors aren't... Uh, this pick's going to convey. The Raptors aren't going to finish one through six for the next three years. Um, uh, they're getting a first-round pick uh, in exchange for Jakob Pertl. So Jakob Pertl has gotten off to a really good start for the Raptors, and I really like Pertl, actually. I think I'm relatively high on him. I think he's a very good defensive player. But I'm not sure this raises the ceiling to being a team that has a good shot at competing in a first-round series, let alone making it out of the plan for this year. So right now the Raptors are in 10th place. They've had such an up-and-down season. Um, I like I like Pirtle at least to give them kind of like a pick-and-roll identity, but I still think there's a lot of overlap offensively between what Scotty Barnes is giving you, what uh, Pascal Siakam is giving you, and then what OG Ananobi is giving you when he's on the ball, too. So 
I just felt like this was a decent time for them to sell fairly high on Siakam and Ananobi. There are reports that teams are willing to give three or four first-round picks, maybe unprotected. So I'm just a little bit confused. I mean, Fred Van Vliet's going to be a free agent. Guessing he's going to, he's definitely going to opt out of that $22 million number, I think. So they wouldn't want to lose him because I think he's a piece that's like just different and gives them, he's not had a good season at all this year, but, and he's been one of the most disappointing parts of the team. But I do think they need him just for like some offensive variety, some off the dribble uh, three point shooting as well. Yeah, it's crazy. It sounds like they've got three first round picks offered for Adenobi. Someone in the ballpark of four for um, Pascal Siakam. The Bucks and the Clippers were, were trying to get Fred Van Vliet. So, um, you know, teams wanted to, to make deals with Toronto. But I, there really is no, in my opinion, there wasn't a huge need for them to sell right now. Those guys are under contract. Okay, do you think there was a need to trade basically a first-round pick this year for Jakob Pertl? No. So that <laughs> is weird to me. Um, it is weird to me, but... It is protected for the next three years from the very top of that draft. So if he elevates you to a playoff team, which I think is very possible in the East, uh, well, I guess playoff is top six, right? Yeah. So maybe not, but um, it, it could be worth it. Uh, he, I think he's a player you can also flip again for another first if that's what you want to do uh, going forward. Um, and also, you know, if you sell Pascal, you have a center there. Uh, if, you know, in Toronto, if that happens this off season, I'm just surprised you wouldn't want to kind of try your luck at the lottery this season, maybe because you have. It seems like you have a good enough pieces. Yes, there but, and Jakob Pertl, Like I don't, I don't know if he's a malleable enough player for him to like really succeed in the playoffs. Like that's yet to be determined. Well, I think like. I think part <laughs> of the problem is that's not really how Nick Nurse I think is is going about it. He's playing an eight-man rotation, basically, and everyone's playing, like, 38 minutes per game. You know, I get why the front office was like, Let, we need to add another rotation player to just protect these guys, at least, at the very least, right? Uh, and I don't think Nick Nurse was just going to play anybody. Pirtle is, is going to play. So I think from a front office perspective, that's something that you have to consider going forward. If we're not going to sell these guys at the deadline, we don't want to diminish their value by playing them into the ground in a season that's going nowhere. Yeah. So I think that could be maybe part of the rationale there. Um, and Pirtle's a nice player. Like you said, he's nine blocks in three games in Toronto. Really, nine blocks in two games, actually. He's played three games. Um, I mean, what what, what 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 did he just go in his last game before the, the break? He had, like he had 35, 30 points, 30 30 points, points nine yeah. rebounds, six blocks, two assists, and a steal. Um, in a no, way, I think he adds good. something, just like at least an, uh, more of an offensive identity to just pick and just just be that roller for a lot of these ball handlers. And right. You said, you know, he's overlapped with what Scotty and... No, I don't think that necessarily. What I was saying is I think they should have maybe considered if they didn't. I'm sure they did consider selling Siakam or Ananobi because of like the overall overlap of kind of the offensive games of Ananobi, Siakam, and Barnes for the next few years. Oh, of those guys. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Portal, I don't think he I don't think he overlaps with their no, strengths necessarily. I just think that he's still not gonna help with the spacing and shooting problems that, that no. they're gonna have to face in the playoffs. No. Um Right. I mean I again I do think it's a pretty low risk move considering I mean they're gonna probably gonna lose a first round pick this year, probably. Um, because I they're not gonna they're not gonna get a top six pick. More likely. Likely. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's a player that I, you know, if you're trading the 10th, 12th, 15th pick in the draft for him, I don't, I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh, especially if they are going to sell him, they're going to get like nine first round picks anyway to work with going forward. But what if they could have attached this unprotected pick in the draft to this summer to one of their players and get like a megastar also like alongside some of what they have? I mean, I feel like they'd be able to do that anyway. Yeah, they might be. Yeah, I think they they have most of their picks and everything. So, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting situation. I, I feel like I'm... I think I'm high enough on some of these pieces from a side to be able to figure this out over the next few years. I don't I don't know how many more seasons I'm, I can see the Raptors not making the playoffs. We'll see, though. I mean, I do think that something does have to change. Uh, you know, they... Look, they... They traded for Kawhi. They gave up a lot for Kawhi. He played their half a season, got them a championship, and he left for nothing, right? They didn't trade him. They didn't get any assets back for him. 
And all that all that considered, I think Toronto is in a really good spot. They have a lot of movable pieces. They'll be able to acquire picks at will, like depending, and they can choose who to trade. Whether it's Siakam and Anobi Van Vliet, if they can trade two of them, one of them, all of them, and they can, they'll, I think they'll be able to get a star uh, if they're if a star becomes available. Yeah. Uh, so I do think they're still in a good spot. It was a little bit of a weird move to get Pirtle, but um, the thing I just said about the rotation, I actually, I think, I think it actually is now that I thought of that. I think that is kind of. I think it's a decent, it's a fine move. Yeah. Disappointing season, no question, overall. Um, I mean, you can look at it in one way that they've been unlucky. Like, according to Cleaning the Glass, they have three and a half wins, almost less than expected based on their point differential. Um, so maybe they've gotten unlucky in some close game scenarios, or maybe they just don't have the, a good enough scoring punch to, to score in those kind of scenarios. Um, it's amazing. That they're number one at taking care of the ball in the league and number one at forcing turnovers. But still, like, 28-31. That's a crazy figure, I feel like. So they're winning the possession game in that way. Yeah, I mean, they have good players. Like, no matter who they play in the play-in or playoffs, it's going to be a tough out. You know? I mean, they're not a team I want the Bucks playing. But it's going to be, like, a tough out in the sense that, like, it's going to, like, hurt you physically. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be, like, gonna, arms everywhere. It's going to be annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, don't, I think it'll be, like, a five-game series for, like, a Bucks or something. So Probably. Yeah. Probably, but you know, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities for them picking up two games. You know, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, speaking of the Bucks, uh, you have anything else on Toronto? Nope. Speaking of the Bucks, they're going to be who I talk about next. Um, I do think, you know, it's interesting. You look at the Eastern Conference landscape now. Um, the thing that obviously the big change was. Kevin, the, the Brooklyn's no longer a factor, right? So that really helps the other teams um, at, at the top of the East. Brooklyn got rid of their two best players. The Bucks acquire Jay Crowder. The Celtics acquire Mike Muscala. Uh, and the 76ers acquire uh, Jalen McDaniels. And the Cavs kind of stamp pat. Uh, they buy out Kevin Love. It's essentially their move. Um, and they get and they Danny, added Danny Green. Green. Yeah. yeah, which is, is we'll see what Danny Green is. Yeah. Um, you know, Jalen McDaniel is actually a move I really like, low-key, for, for the Sixers. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That's a, that's a good under-the-radar move for them. But, so the, the Bucks added Jay Crowder, a player they've been trying to get almost this entire season. He hasn't played this season, so we don't know what he's going to look like uh, for Milwaukee. But they were able to trade, you know, three players who weren't really part of the rotation. George Hill was really the only guy that was semi-part of the rotation, but even then, Bud wasn't really playing him that much. Serge Ibaka goes, Jordan Mora goes. They trade five uh, second-round picks, which seems like a lot, but also, I mean... That was just the going rate of players who were worth second-round picks. Yeah, exactly. During this trade deadline. Exactly. I mean, you can buy <laughs> second-round picks. I don't I don't really see, um, you know... I, five second-round picks is worth holding on to their 2029 first-round pick. Like, no yeah. question in my mind. And it's worth, like, it's worth in, increasing Allen. your... Your championship odds by a tangible percentage right. in, Gian- in Giannis's prime. Right, exactly, and and you know they, a lot of people have been saying they've been missing that PJ Tucker factor, the toughness that PJ brings. That's all true. Um, you know, Giannis said, PJ, you know, if you're walking down an alley and someone runs away from you, um, you pe- think people are scared of you, but they're actually scared of the person standing behind you, and and that was PJ Tucker, and Jay Crowder is kind of in that mold. He said, I think that's true. I think. You know, the more on the court, this just gives you so much more flexibility in Giannis at the five lineups, especially in a series like against the Celtics if Rob Williams isn't playing. Um, with Giannis at the five, you can play a lineup of Holiday, Connaughton, Middleton, Crowder, Giannis, which is just a much better defensive lineup than having Grayson Allen out there. Um, and, and a lineup that can spread the floor. You know, Jay Crowder is a, is a decent three-point shooter. He's a really solid defender. He gives them so much more lineup flexibility that they just didn't have with what the, the, the roster is currently constructed. Grayson's going to help you in some series, and he's going to play more than Jay in some series. And uh, Jay is against a team like the Celtics is going to play more than Grayson or more than Bobby Portis, even maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now you have you have guys, you have Wes Matthews who can kind of do a similar job one through three, and you have a Jay Crowder who can do a similar job three to five, three through five. Um, and uh, yeah, I think just a really nice pickup from Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, the the lineups labeled Giannis at the five 
on cleaning the glass are in the 99th percentile in terms of differential with a plus 16 net rating, only 500 possessions this season. Um, I mean, Brooks has been so good. So. Yeah, no, Brooks has been amazing this season, defensive player candidate for sure. And um, I know, I, I think Jay Crowder is absolutely important as that small ball, small ball four. He gives you more of an above-the-break shooting threat than P.J. Tucker did when people make that comparison. I mean, he's just a better scorer in general. He's just a much offensive player, yeah. yeah. Overall, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he can take, like, a dribble, then shoot. Uh, he can, you know, he, yeah. He's going to be able to, like, dribble much more than P.J. Tucker can. Uh, defensively, you know, I don't think he is necessarily, like, you don't trust him guarding, like, you know, elite wings as much as a guy like P.J. Tucker in past years, but um, I think, definitely think I get the comparison that people make. Um, yeah, I think it's a move they had to make, um, and I, I think it's it, he's absolutely crucial in a, in a series against the Celtics. Yeah, and they, they basically they gave up nothing of their rotation. So Yeah, and I, yeah, I think people who are like immediately wanted to get rid of Grayson Allen, I, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, Grayson Allen looked terrible against the Celtics, but I think he still is a dynamic shooter, can be really helpful in a, se- in a series where you need a scoring punch who can score a little bit off the dribble, too. He's been, he's been good at attacking the rim in recent weeks as well. Grayson, I think, is is a player that it was clear they weren't going to get the value they wanted at this trade deadline out of him. And I don't think there's any need... You don't trade him just to trade him. I mean, this is... You, the Bucks held on to their first-round pick, and they held on to Grayson Allen, which are probably the two most tradable assets they have going forward. That they're realistically going to trade. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, obviously Giannis has the most value. Yeah, there's, there's even like Brooke on $13 million. Right. You're not going to trade him. I Pat Connaughton. Yeah. Bobby, I don't think they'll trade. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Portis, I don't think they'll trade. So, Although I think they should look into maybe trading Bobby over the next few years. I think that that, that could turn into one of the more tradable pieces sure. who might give you more valuable lineup sure. construction. I just, you know, he took a discount for the city. Like, Yeah, no, I, I, I get trade. that. Nah, we'll, um, we'll always be grateful. Connaughton, too, I think. If, if you can get him on a higher salary, um, he could be a tradable piece going forward. But um, t- this coming offseason, I mean, Grayson Allen and that first-round pick, I think, are going to be... If you can put those two together with some more salary filler, I think you know you could get a pretty good package together. So keeping those while getting Jay Crowder... We don't know what Jay Crowder is going to be. Like I said, he hasn't played. That that remains to be seen. There's a version of events where he's just not the player he was at all. Um, there's another version where the rest actually did him good, uh, and, and he's going to really help Milwaukee in a title run. So we'll see. He's returning back to where he played college. Um, he played at Marquette, so uh, that's exciting. As a Bucks fan, I'm, I'm very excited about the trade, especially since the East overall got worse and the, t- the, the other contenders did not really improve. You know, Mike Muscala did destroy the Bucks um, right before the All-Star break. They didn't end up, the Celtics didn't end up winning, but I don't think that's going to be the case in the playoffs. Um, I don't think Muscala is going to play that much, but that remains to be seen. And even, you know, get, getting um, McDaniels, the 76ers, like those aren't moves that I'm like, oh, Milwaukee really needed to make a splash to keep up with the rest of the East. The East as a whole got worse um, with Brooklyn getting rid of their stars. And I actually think about Jay Crowder compared to those players. Yeah, he's Jay going Crowder's to be, the best player. He's the best player. He's going to, he's going to, like, you would expect that he would start off playing every series, whereas, like, Muscala may not play a single minute in a, in right. a series or McDaniels right. uh, for the Sixers, yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I think the Sixers got rid of Thibault too, right? Yes, he went to the Trailblazers to boost their defense a little bit. Um, so... Yeah, I think that was was there one other player they they got rid of. I think I think they they mostly. I mean the Sixers, Sixers they they are a contender. Um, well, they absolutely are. I mean I think we agree they're a tier below the, the Bucks and Celtics with the Cavs, but I wouldn't be shocked if either of those teams were in the conference finals. I mean I'd be surprised. I, yeah, but I wouldn't be shocked. I mean they're they're good teams. Absolutely. I mean the East. I think I think you can argue that yeah the East has more serious contenders in the West if. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard now. It's hard. It is hard now because you've got the Suns, of course. And to me, there's three, four contenders in the West now. You got the Suns, you got the Nuggets, you've got the Clippers, and you got the Warriors. Those last two, I think, are more. I mean, you can argue the Sixers and Cavs. You, you Grizzlies, you don't think can. Okay, they're maybe not the contenders. Too. I think the Grizzlies are. Contenders. Why do I always forget about the Grizzlies? Um, yeah, no, the Grizzlies might be a contender too. So that's five. Yeah, and some people would say the Mavericks, but I don't see that. So, I don't really. Yeah, we, we we both talked about that ad yeah. nauseum in the last podcast. So so you have five teams that you can definitely see winning. Um, 
And then you have teams that, you know, you have teams that could beat the Grizzlies, Warriors, and Clippers in a series. Like, you wouldn't... I mean, if, if the Kings somehow beat, like, the Warriors, would it be that surprising? I don't think so. I would be surprised. I mean, I'd be... But would it be, like... It's not out of the realm of possibilities. Like, you don't see Toronto beating Cleveland. No. I, no. I mean, I yeah. think there's a much higher chance, I mean. For sure. Of, of For the sure. Clippers yeah. doing something, or... The Clippers, yeah, that, that's a team or, I could definitely you know, see Pel- being upset. The Pelicans. Clippers or, have the widest, like widest range of variants to me, right? Because of the health and stuff. In the also. East, you have four contenders, and I think beyond that, you have the top four teams in the East. And, and we're not just projecting those as contenders. They've, they've played like contenders they've this played year. Like, contenders. like the Warriors have not played like contenders no, this year, so that's yeah. the difference. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, really good spot. We're at nine, ten teams that we think could win the title. Um, yeah, should be interesting. A team that's in the East, but I don't think can win a title, is the New York Knicks, who added Josh Hart. Um, I, I mean, he's a good player. I like what Josh Hart can bring in transition. Yeah, and, and I think that pop will be really important for them to not get stuck in the mud too much, like we've seen in the playoffs before. He's been super efficient so far for the Knicks. He's also a really good passer for his usage with a 97% assist to usage percentile for a wing. Don't you think the Bulls could have just gouged the Knicks for Zach Levine? That just seems like such a Knicks move that they would have made. But I feel like, I mean, yeah, but I feel like they haven't been doing stuff like that recently. I guess. It's been a little bit more measured, like... You might be right. Jalen Brunson here, you know, uh, who else have they gotten recently? Uh, I mean, Josh Hart. Yeah, yeah, they got got Josh Hart. I mean, I guess, like, they had a bad offseason where they got, like, Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, but... Sure. They're still not, like, moves that they, like, they haven't completely thrown their chips in for a player yet. They wanted Donovan Mitchell, but they wouldn't tra- trade as much as the Cavs would. Um, and, and I think that might have been the right decision, ultimately, because I think Donovan Mitchell fits in much better with the Cavs than he does with the Knicks. Right. Um, so I think they were just short one of those these guys who can breed and react and make plays in a playoff setting on offense. You have a wing room now of Quickly, Grimes, and Barrett. I think that allows you to be really versatile while still having a pick-and-roll identity with Jalen Brunson, who's had a phenomenal year and Mitchell Robinson when he comes back. And then you kind of have Randall as that kind of isolation player, and that's all you can you really will ask him to do. Um, so there was a brief period where he stopped taking threes for Portland, but I think he can be a reliable enough shooter to hit wide open ones in the playoffs, and I think he'll get decent enough looks with the kind of gravity they can they have with their other guys. Um, but what's interesting about the Knicks is that they aren't shooting the ball from basically uh, well from basically anywhere on the court, but they've been awesome at protecting the ball and getting offensive rebounds which has resulted in them having a, a, the sixth offense in the NBA. So kind of taking care of those fundamentals, even though they haven't been shooting as well anywhere. And I think uh, I think that's can in some ways can kind of project decently for the playoffs when, when a lot of teams don't make shots and you got to take care of the ball a little bit. You got to, you got to, you got the boards become more important for sure. Um, so yeah, I don't think they gave up uh, a ton for Josh Hart. Um, uh, do you have that up right now? I, 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 for some reason, forgot that in my notes. Um, yes, they gave up. They um, gave up Cam, Cam Reddish. Reddish. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Uh, so the Trailblazers received Cam Reddish, Matthew Seibel, and Ryan Arichidiana. How do you spell it? Yeah, yeah, Arichidiakano. Um. Oh, and a first round pick from 2023 first round pick from New York. Right. So well, okay, Cam Reddish in a first. Protected, I'm guessing, which probably might not matter because the Knicks are... Yeah, they're uh, in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs right now, yeah. So that shouldn't be a crazy pick. Um, yeah, so like so that, that's, why, that's why I think. I don't think it should be a crazy pick and Josh Hart can help them win now. I mean, win a, I think he gives them a better chance to win a playoff series now. Um, and I think it's not going to happen probably, but I just don't mind it because I, don't, I, I think they're going to finish sixth maybe. I mean, I think they were going to make the playoffs no matter what. So, um... He's also... He's a tra- very tradable piece going forward if they yeah. want to trade. Um, you know. Like, we saw Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith in our first go for Kyrie. Like, he's... He's that type of player, in my opinion. Uh, which type of player? Like a Dorian Finney-Smith. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Kyrie Irving first. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I just mean, like, a player who can be a valuable piece in a trade for... No, oh, yeah, for sure. And, it, like, they, I just don't think they were gonna get the next... I mean, watch the... Wait, so was the Blazers who got that pick? The Blazers got the pick, yeah. Yeah, watch the, watch that be some like phenomenal player, but I don't think it's a player that you're gonna have to be super scared about. And it's gonna help you like at least compete this year. I think they were short a player who could just make good decisions on offense, as I said before. So I like the move overall, but it's it'll be interesting what the Knicks do going forward. I think 
they've got to they got to make some they got to answer some tough questions over the next few years. They they'll want to rotate and take advantage of their market a little bit and maybe I don't know. If, yeah, I, I I wonder what Julius Randle is on what teams think of him on the market right now. Um, but we'll see. He was an all star this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't I don't understand how, but he was. Um, okay, anything else on New York? Nope. All right. So the last thing we're gonna I want to talk about is. The Detroit Pistons. Um, yeah, I mean the Pistons. We talk about the Pistons a lot on this podcast, and you know you can call it pandering. I just call it some good old fashioned basketball talk. You know, the Detroit <laughs> Pistons are a fun team to talk about, uh, in my opinion. So they were part of of this almost doomed four team trade, which the Warriors received Gary Payton and two second or three second round picks from Atlanta. Um, the Trailblazers released received Kevin Knox from Detroit and five second round picks. The Hawks received Sadiq Bay, so that's who the Pistons traded away. Um, and the Pistons received James Wiseman. And this is just, this was a really, really weird trade for me. Uh, I mean, the Pistons don't really have wings. I mean, they have Bogdanovich, they have Hamadou Diallo, uh, and they had Sadiq Bay, who to me is still like a young player with decent upside. Like, I think that they could have gotten probably, I mean, couldn't they have gotten more than just James Wiseman? They didn't get any of those picks, those second round picks. They just got James Wiseman. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do not get it. I, I for Sadiq Bay. I, what have you seen in James Wiseman in his NBA career to give up a player that I think can be a useful contributor? Sadiq Bay has his flaws. He, his growth hasn't been exactly linear, of course, but he's just. I just think he's a malleable player, a, a good career shooter. I think his shooting will get back into form. I think he's having a down shooting season this season, but. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Especially, I, especially with, with the roster you have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have Jalen Duran. They have Isaiah Stewart. They got rid of, did they get rid of Nerlens Noel? They did, right? Did they cut him? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I don't think he's on the Pistons as of right now. Okay. Well, they, so they have Duran. They have Isaiah Stewart. Um, you know, they have Marvin Bagley. They may, This is just a, very similar to the Marvin Bagley trade. He is, a, he is actually still on the Pistons. Okay, he is. Okay, so they have Nerlens Noel too. <laughs> You would assume their goal is to get Victor Webanyama. You you obviously you have to prepare for not for that not happening. The chances aren't high that they get the first pick. I mean, they have like a fourteen percent chance or whatnot to get a, to get the first overall pick. But I mean, if that's their goal, they already have a rookie center who's playing really well. This is just going to take away from his minutes. They already traded for Marvin Bagley, who I guess is going to be gone after this season. <laughs> uh, they have Isaiah Stewart, a center they converted into a four. Um, who's been okay at the four, honestly, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. And they didn't cash out on Bogdanovich. I mean, they could have very easily gotten a first-round pick for Bogdanovich, and they didn't. They decided to keep him. You know, he, he did sign a two-year extension, so they can trade him this offseason. But I just, I don't really get the point. Um, you know, I, I even though Bogdanovich is a much better player than, than Sadiq Bey at, at right now, I feel like I would have even understood more if they traded Bogdanovich for Wiseman. You know, you're you're trading away an old player, you're a team that's tanking, you can get Wiseman, a player with a lot of upside. Um, you know, I think they could have just traded him for a first per round pick or maybe even two from some team. Yeah, I don't get it. But, <laughs> it's, it's, but how, how many teams want 6-8 wings who can pass, dribble, and shoot? Exactly. Maybe not pass, but <laughs> dribble, and, yeah. dribble and shoot. Like, I just think Sadiq Bey had enough tools to be useful as a fourth guy, especially if they get lucky in the lottery or something like that. So, right. I just don't get it. Uh, I, I I don't... And, I like, I get... I kind of got taking a flyer on Bagley before, but now just, how many... Like, why do you want to take so many flyers? Like, I, I, don't, I don't really get it. And, yeah. I, I At the end of the day, though, if they get lucky in the lottery, I think they'll figure it out. Um, sure. But... I, I just think this is a move on the margins that could come back. Well, I mean, I like, just why think did we give up Sadiq Bay? For if they team? got the Yama, going forward on paper, you know, I, I think like Cade, Ivy, Bay, Webanyama, and if you want to play Stewart or if you want to play double centers with Duran or whatever, I mean, I think that's just much more appealing than having Wiseman on your roster. So I know Pistons fans that we know are sad to see Sadiq Bay go. Um, you know, I think he's been a frustrating figure this season for a lot of Pistons fans, just with the way he's been playing. But just to get rid of him for James Wiseman, zero sense. Makes zero sense to me. So, I don't have too much more to say. Yeah, I don't have too much more to say. What do you think? Do, would you, If you were the Warriors, would you 
because they theoretically could have had the option to make it a two-team trade. Would you have rather had Sadiq Bey or Gary Payton the junior? Or well, second, they got Gary Payton comeback? and three second-round picks from Atlanta. Okay. For Bay. Well, yeah. So, so would you rather have had Gary Payton and three second-round picks from Atlanta or Sadiq Bey? Well, I think in a vacuum, Sadiq Bey, but Gary Payton's familiar with uh, sure. what they want to do in Golden State, and they literally won a title with him last year. We'll see how healthy he is going forward, but I do think Gary Payton is a piece they kind of needed Sadiq is someone you'd have to coach up. I think they're kind of... They have players like Moses Moody and... I mean, they had Wiseman. And, Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah, Jonathan Kaminga. Like, they have players that... Um, you that already have young, to... Yeah, have they, one, we've already seen the fit concerns kind right, of... Right, with young Show up in spots, so, yeah. I, I do think in a vacuum I'd rather have Sadiq Bey, but for the Warriors, I think it makes sense. Gary Payton, you know, it, it makes sense for them to, to get some of their second-round picks back that they can trade it maybe in the offseason or something yeah he's, um, he's a very unique player that we've seen fit into their system on offense you know just cutting and rolling he's an above the rim threat uh in, in the pick and roll as a roller and can guard uh Peyton or Bay? uh Peyton yeah yeah okay Peyton and uh yeah so I think Peyton like you said yeah the, we've seen his fit before I get it uh it, it's just interesting though um that, 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 that they they reportedly had that option and chose to go with Gary Payton. But it'll be interesting to see how the Warriors reload. Big, big, uh, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly when Stephen Curry's coming back, but the Warriors got to start winning some games down the stretch here, too. Yeah, they absolutely do. Obviously, we didn't get to every team that traded uh, or, you know, received picks and whatnot. If you have any other thoughts on the trade deadline or the buyout market, Kevin Love going to the Heat, uh, another move that happened uh, in the last couple of days. You can email us at clearoutpodcast.gmail.com. You can follow us at clearoutpod on Twitter. Uh, DM us, send us emails, questions, whatever you want. We'll talk about it next time. Um, we do have Bobby Corrala coming up next this week uh, to talk about the Mavericks. Until then, we'll see you guys. Bye.